This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich or ourselves. There are sleazeballs abound all over the internet who will be happy to take your money to chase that lie. Here at best, we might make you a little bit less awful, but better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. And Godspeed. Welcome, valued listeners, to the Jay and Silent Rob podcast. Jay, where are we at? What updates do we have for our listeners? Rob, we finally got some data points we can somewhat trust after uh, week one in the NFL. You're fresh off uh, quite the NFL experience. We have data. We have stuff to overanalyze. Um, before we kind of... Yeah, before we dive into it, uh, can we talk about your trip, your weekend? You want to mm-hmm. tell the listeners how that went? Uh, you were in fabulous Detroit. You were with some other strapping lads. Mm-hmm. What did you get into? Uh, we got into we got keys into the worst Airbnb I've ever stayed in, hands down. Um, uh, don't know how to describe it. Uh, I would say the Airbnb description is historic. What that means is. Uh, dangerous and filthy. Uh, so I got into that. Sports-wise, uh, Comerica Park, Tigers, pretty cool. Uh, barstool betting area at the Greek Town Casino, less cool. Ford Field, Lions, 49ers, honestly pretty cool. And then some some poor sports betting choices as well, also less cool. Let's uh, let's focus on the poor sports betting choices mm-hmm. um, before you describe your historic weekend in Detroit. Uh, what, what exactly went wrong? Because you started started well on your own. Yeah, yeah. Um, my buddies are F one fans. Shout out Braden and Jack. Uh, they really liked McLaren for some reason. It's some Intel, some Alpha Alpha leak that McLaren uh, was hot this weekend. And so I looked at the two McLaren drivers, and I actually had. I, I bet a hundred bucks uh, on three different bets. One of them was I had both the McLaren guys top three, which they did. They finished one and two. And then I, I had them flip flop for first. So I had, I can't remember his name, man, some British kid finishing first. He ended up being second behind the F1 winner for the weekend. So I won like 50 bucks on a hundred dollar bet. Um, Would have been gnarly. I don't know, 500 bucks or something if I had, if I'd hit both, but, but still a, the, the right, that was directionally right. And it was fun to watch. F1 bet was a fun, fun thing to do because it's really chicken flip really fast in those races. So it made the race interesting for sure. Very cool. Very cool. So you win your first ever legal or probably ever sports bet, correct? That's and right. then what do you do immediately after that? Uh, ingest a few lights, get ready for the Lions game, put on my blue. Uh, so I don't get beat up by any locals, uh, head walk towards the Lions game. And as I'm walking towards the Lions game, instead of placing a bet at the casino, which I knew was a mistake, cause I didn't want to have to go back there, cash my checks. We had kind of a flight situation. I texted you and said, uh, Hey, we're doing something. And then I think there was some banter between you and me. And you're like, dude, take, take, uh, San Francisco, to cover they're a lot better than the lions and i remember you had said that before and i was like yeah that's kind of that'll be like a fun thing in the game we're all dressed up in blue but we'll secretly be rooting for san francisco it'll be like a fun little contradiction <laughs> to be in like pretty good seeds at the lions game and like fake rooting for the 
for the Niners, which we did, which we did. So we, so I put down a bet through you. I let you execute it for me. Yes. And I was in Michigan at the time. So this wasn't across state lines, luckily. Right. Um, and yeah. And because you bet uh, minutes before the game, you got the worst price on the 49ers. Uh, you had the 49ers to win by nine and a half. Mm-hmm. Niners destroying the Lions uh, early second half. And then I believe you leave the stadium. And then what occurs? <laughs> when I leave the stadium, the my world falls apart is what happened. Uh, the Goff air raid attack assembled, really started hitting stride. I, I actually didn't I, – I don't know what happened. I, I was walking to a sports bar. When things started going bad, I think they scored a, a legitimate touchdown, and then they had a. The last score I remember before things started going bad was forty-one seventeen, and I was like, "Oh, cool, great." Uh, and then they scored whatever they scored after that. I guess it's three touchdowns, like very quickly. Um, and <laughs> at the very end, uh, close to garbage time, less than a minute left, they scored a touchdown to put themselves down 10, 41-31, and then Jared Goff air raid goes for two, which I was like, I was like, oh, they're going for two. That's that's in my favor, right? That's positive EV, uh, that it'll still be a 10-point game. And then an unbelievable throw and catch with a perfect, like, millimeter toe drag got them to uh, cover and lose by eight instead of by 10. I'm missing moments in here that are big, yeah. that are too traumatic. Uh, yeah, for me to relive. I'll let you. Explain. One of which is an onside kick. Uh, onside kicks are like a five percent success rate. Um, so then, then they get the onside kick, score a touchdown, and then go for two. So you, I mean, yeah, it was highly, highly uh, unlikely what occurred to you. Uh, but welcome to sports betting. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a safe space. You had a good time until you didn't, and right. it's the roller coaster. We learned a lot and had fun. Good news is you also lost Survivor. We had 11 of the 39 people in our Survivor uh, lose, you being one of them, picking your Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the other people who lost had Minnesota or Jacksonville. Uh, really wild week one. We had 12 underdogs cover and nine underdogs win outright. That was the most underdogs winning outright since 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dallas-Tampa Bay game. Tampa Bay was my survivor pick. They barely came back to beat the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboy, while Tampa was the better team in that game, the Cowboys had th- was plus three in the turnover differential, and they still lost. Uh, Tampa Bay had a drive with less than two minutes re- remaining to uh, win on Thursday night. Probably See, the most that exciting. Me up too. I was like, when San Francisco got a pick six in the second quarter against Detroit, and San Francisco's already a much better team, and that. That's what really fucked me up in the head, and probably with my uh, with my bad karma, because I was like, "Oh, dude, pick six? Like, you're kidding me? They don't need this type of differential to win this game by this much, right?" Like, that was, you know. Yeah, pick six is a big deal. It's a it's a outlier type event, extreme event that if you have it, it it's very good. I think the teams win like ninety percent of the time if you get a pick six. Um, but yeah, yeah, and then you know. Essentially, you got it's called a backdoor cover. The Lions were the ultra backdoor cover with an onside uh, kick. You got that story forever. So that's the good news. Um, No longer have a survivor, but it's all good. Um, So, other big takeaways from the weekend. Uh, First of all, before we get into these, this is only one data point. It's classic for week two to be overreaction week. Um, So, I'm just going to kind of give the feedback on what I saw. 
how much I think is signal, how much I think is noise. Um, but you're going to get the cop out answer of it's a little bit of both. And we're going to get some more data uh, this weekend. And really after week three, week four is when we can really start putting conclusions together. Uh, I will give a couple bets in a little bit. Uh, but I first do want to recap some of the biggest takeaways I had. Biggest team of the weekend that impressed me was the Chargers. Uh, they outgained the Washington football team by 170 yards. Uh, they had a fluky fumble in the red zone for a touchback, and they still won the game. Now, Washington did lose their quarterback uh, midway through the game or in the first half of the game. Uh, but I thought the Chargers were really impressive. I'm excited for their game this weekend. Uh, the biggest letdown was the Atlanta Falcons. They, they looked absolutely terrible, but it was hard to decipher if the Eagles being this good or is the Falcons really that bad. I had pretty high expectations uh, for Arthur Smith coming over from the Tennessee Titans. And maybe it was just all offseason, all of us in the industry talking him up. And, you know, it's one of those things that's kind of hype that builds off of each other. But he was awful. The Falcons were awful. Their line was terrible. Uh, on the other hand, the Eagles looked great. Jalen Hurts looked like the truth. I actually had a tweet from last year that said, Jalen Hurts is going to be my highest owned quarterback. And he wasn't this year because I guess I just overthought everything. Um, I, I have a decent amount of Jalen Hurts, but uh, nowhere near the amount I should. That being said, like we talked about, it's probably not as amazing as we looked, um, but a game in the Superdome or the Mercedes-Benz Dome uh, indoors, his, that offense in the Eagles looked really good. Uh, probably the second most, if, if not the most impressive team, and it's probably because I didn't get to watch this game as much, was the Arizona Cardinals going to Nashville and pretty much destroying the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Kyler Murray on offense looked amazing with DeAndre Hopkins, but it was also the Cardinals defense really getting to, uh, Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. I think he had four or five sacks Chandler Jones. Uh, so that was really impressive. Hard to know though. Was it the Titans playing at the bottom of their range? Was it the Cardinals playing at the high end of their range? Or are they both really that good? Um, like I said, the cop outs most likely somewhere in the middle. That regression always heads towards the mean. Uh, the most alarming team outside of the Falcons, I would say Green Bay. Uh, first of all, Aaron Rodgers looked like that. He looked like a freaking hippie, and you know I, I, a lot of it was a hot take and stuff. And we don't want to overreact, but uh, coming into the season, he was holding out for a new contract. He said he wanted to be traded, uh, and rightfully so. Had some gripe with management over draft decisions and free agent decisions, or lack thereof. Uh, and they essentially came to an agreement that says that he can be traded if he so chooses after this year. It's a very awkward agreement to, to make, especially publicly. Uh, so this is one of those things where I can see things quitting quickly uh, if Green Bay deals with this, if this kind of lingers, just the, kind of a lack of leadership. Um, kind of surprised Green Bay didn't just move on from him. Uh, he was the MVP last year. I understand he was so talented, but... Um, this can go south really fast. The good news for Green Bay is they host the Detroit Lions, uh, who are pretty bad at football, great at covering games, as Rob knows, but pretty pretty terrible at football. Uh, so they should right the ship. But if they were somehow to lose to uh, Rob's favorite quarterback, Jared Goff, and the Detroit Lions, there would uh, there be the Goff air raid attack. Yeah, the Goff air raid. Um, there would be some real issues in Green Bay. My favorite game of the week was Kansas City versus Cleveland. Um, stop if you've heard this one for a while, but Kansas City came back at, from behind in a fourth-quarter comeback and won. Uh, but the biggest takeaway I had was the Browns were really impressive. The first half, it wasn't just how they scored, or excuse me, how much they scored. It was how they scored. They looked extremely confident. 
Um, they almost had too good of a half. It's one of those things uh, you're playing so well and you go to the half and rest. It's almost like you, you can, can't match that performance that you had in the first half. Um, so kind of left the door open for Kansas City, but Cleveland could have very easily won that game. Uh, I think Cleveland might be the second best team in football, maybe third behind Kansas City and Tampa Bay. Uh, Miami got very lucky against the Pats. The Pats outgained the Dolphins by 150 yards, but they lost by one point. There was a late fumble in that game. Uh, I think Mac Jones, the rookie quarterback for the New England Patriots, he looks like the real deal. Uh, and they, they know how to coach up in New England. Uh, so, yeah, anything for the recap, anything we missed, any Ger- uh, Jared Goff jokes you have before we look at uh, this week's games? Uh, one thing I feel like I didn't hear you touch on, we talked last week about Bills. Yes, I tried to block that out of my uh, memory. I lost uh, the bet of the Bills. Uh, the Steelers pretty much just had a perfect game plan defensively. Mm. The Bills completely underwhelmed. And the kicker was the Steelers blocked a punt uh, and returned it for a touchdown. Mm. So very similar to a pick six, just an extremely high leverage situa- uh, event. So when that occurs, it's pretty hard not to win. Mm. Um, the you know, it's easy to play uh, to kind of second guess it, but this was one of those things where the difference between a season long outlook and a so a macro outlook and a micro outlook. Week one, I think you're probably gonna get the best version of the Steelers just because of their health and lack of depth. Mm-hmm. And then the Bills on the other side, you know, week one have doesn't have a lot of experience, things of that nature. From people that I trust, the way they're looking at it is the Steelers prepared perfectly on defense. Uh, there's a little bit of wind in Buffalo, 15, 16 mile an hour winds in Buffalo. And without kind of that being in sync, Josh Allen didn't look that good. That could be a cop out. The real answer is we don't have enough data to have any conclusions. Uh, I'm curious to see how they respond against a division opponent this weekend in Miami. Uh, I still personally, I'm not getting off the Bills bandwagon, um, but I'd be lying if I say I wasn't at least somewhat alarmed given what I, I thought going into the season. Uh, and that's really why I don't usually bet week one. That was the only straight-up bet I had, uh, and it did lose. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. I still think we gained a lot of insight from this weekend. Ready to look, ready to look at uh, next week? Let's do it. All right, so uh, the biggest games of the week, the ones I really want to touch on, uh, are the afternoon and the primetime games. So Tennessee Titans visiting the Seattle Seahawks. These are two teams that I actually want to back. Uh, so it sucks that they're playing each other, um, both for different reasons, though. So the Tennessee Titans pretty much could not have looked worse against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they just got a really bad game script. Their uh, offensive line looked horrible against Chandler Jones that we talked about. And this spread, this look-ahead spread was two, uh, maybe three, and now it's five and a half. Uh, some places leaning towards six. And that's just an overreaction. Uh, the problem is the Seahawks on the other side, they looked really good. And the most important part is they threw the ball a lot. So the problem with Seattle is, is they ha- have had this amazing quarterback, Russell Wilson, and they just love to run the ball. And uh, when things were going kind of south last year for him, Pete Carroll doubled down and said, we need to be running the ball even more. On the offseason, Russell Wilson did like a mini Aaron Rodgers and kind of threatened to uh, 
hold out and ask for a trade, but ultimately uh, reasonable minds uh, talk things out. And it looks like it has led the Seattle Seahawks into becoming more of a passing team. And as we talk about and harp on nearly every week, passing is the optimal way to play football in the National Football League in 2021. Just how the rules are, uh, the scoring, things of that nature. So if the Seahawks have really turned a corner here, then they are Super Bowl contenders. If they're really going to let Russ quote-unquote cook, as the kids say, um, we've got a serious uh, you know, Super Bowl contender on our hands. So this is a game I'll be watching closely in the afternoon, one of the highest totals of the week. It's going to be a really exciting game, I feel. Uh, and it's going to tell us a lot about Tennessee and Seattle with a total of 54. I'm not going to bet the Titans in this game. If the Titans get out to a lead, uh, I might look to bet the Seahawks live around Pickham, uh, as that would kind of lead Seattle to have to throw more anyways. But I mostly just want to get more data on both these teams before making any kind of strong conclusions. Uh, Another game that I kind of want to briefly touch on, it's kind of the opposite effect, is the Las Vegas Raiders playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. These are two teams I actually want to fade. I would like to bet against, but they're playing against one another. So it's kind of unfortunate that um, they are playing each other. I think the Steelers pretty much just had a perfect storm effect that let them beat the Bills. Uh, whereas on the other side, the Las Vegas Raiders, very lucky to win Monday night against a really underwhelming Ravens team on a short week coming across the country, playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I really wish I could bet against either team here, um, but I'd be looking to see who's more underwhelming. Uh, if I had to bet, I would say the Steelers, but you can kind of tell it's a, it's a weird game because it's sitting at that five and a half. And both of these games are in the dead range where it's not quite six, but it's also not down to four or three. It's at that five, five and a half. Um, I think this will close closer to six just because the Steelers coming at, uh, playing at home with a much better defense. I really struggle to see how the Raiders are going to score uh, in beautiful Pittsburgh. Uh, and the other one o'clock game that I have a pretty strong feeling about is the Cleveland Browns. See a spread at 12 and a half. I think that'll get to 13 and a half, maybe 14 and a half. Uh, reason that's an important number is the teaser. Right now, you can get that 12 and a half, and you can get a six point teaser and get the Browns down to six and a half. So they only win the game, obviously, by a touchdown or more than they would cover. That's why that number is important. Houston blew out the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I think a lot of people will think maybe they're not as bad as we expected. Uh, I think it has more to do with the Jaguars than it does the Texans. Uh, I already talked about my love for the Cleveland Browns here. So uh, if you can find a teaser to bring the Browns down to six and a half, I think that's a really good bet. Um, I haven't really circled in exactly what I want to do yet. I got a couple uh, ones I'm looking at, but I want to see some injury reports come Thursday and Friday before I put any bets in. Uh, The last non-primetime game is another afternoon game, which is the Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Chargers. This spread was around one. Uh, before the Chargers' performance this past weekend. There's also been some injuries for the Dallas Cowboys. We've got the spread at three for the Los Angeles Chargers. Total is one of the highest of the week, up at 55.5. To me, the Chargers were the team I took the highest markup of the grade based on one week. Now, that might have been just because they were playing the Washington football team and I watched the entire game. But I was really impressed by Justin Herbert and mostly the uh, Chargers' offensive line. The Chargers have had a lot of talent in recent years, uh, but they've had pretty bad coaching and some unfortunate injury luck. 
Uh, they brought in a new coach, uh, Staley from the Rams. He's more defen- defensive or- oriented, excuse me. Um, but they also brought in Lombardi uh, as the offensive coordinator. And the way they were throwing the ball, attacking down the field, and if Justin Herbert can make that step, that leap for uh, year two, he could be an early MVP candidate. Um, but we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. I want to get another data point uh, before we kind of jump to those conclusions. There is a bet I do have on this game, though. I do want to take the Chargers team total. Uh, if you can get anything around over uh, 27 or 28, or excuse me, anything under 28. So if you get 27 and a half or 26 and a half, I would take that. Uh, I don't know if we'll be lucky enough to get that. Probably somewhere, last I checked was 28, 29, but team totals don't usually come out until later in the week. I, the one thing I'm for sure on is the Chargers are going to score points against the Cowboys. The other question mark is maybe the Cowboys, they get their points as well, but I'm very confident the Chargers are going to put up around 30 or more points this upcoming week. Anything before we get into the primetime games there, Rob? Let's do primetime, baby. All right. So the game of the week is the Kansas City Chiefs coming to beautiful Baltimore. Uh, The Chiefs off the game of the week against the Browns, coming back to beat the Browns, whereas the Ravens are kind of on the other side of the spectrum, a really underwhelming performance on Monday night. Uh, This look-ahead spread was like one, one and a half. Now it's crossed the key number of three, where the Chiefs are at three and a half, some places even a minus four. Simply, this is the Ravens at a buy-low opportunity, but I want nothing to do with that right now. Uh, I have a couple of good buddies who are very big Ravens fans, and they are really worried about this defense, uh, particularly against the Kansas City Chiefs and that quarterback named Patrick Mahomes. Uh, So this is another bet that I like team total-wise. Kansas City Chiefs over 30.5 points at about plus 100. If you can get anything under 31, I like this bet. Uh, there's really not a lot of game states I see where the Chiefs don't get their points. Now, I don't want to bet against the Ravens because I think they were playing a very vanilla offense Monday night. Uh, they, they just had trouble protecting Lamar Jackson. They didn't design a lot of uh, runs for him. Uh, but their defense looked really bad against the Las Vegas Raiders, and Derek Carr is not a good NFL quarterback. Their second-best receiver is Hunter Renfro, who is a short white guy. I mean, they have an amazing tight end in Darren Waller, but so do the Kansas City Chiefs in Travis Kelsey. Uh, the difference is the number two or 1A, 1B option for the Kansas City Chiefs is Tyreek Hill, uh, not Hunter Renfro. So uh, then coupled that with you have Andy Reid and Andy, uh, excuse me, and Eric Bieniemy. I really think you're going to see these Chiefs light up the scoreboard Sunday night. Now, I don't want to bet against the Ravens just because – I have tons of respect for their organization, and I don't think you're going to see them lay back-to-back eggs, but they're dealing with a lot of injuries, both on offense and on defense, and they really did not look like the Ravens of old. They, they looked out coached on Monday, and that's rare to say about the Ravens, but especially against someone like uh, John Gruden and the Las Vegas Raiders, who are not really known as being that good of coaches. So... Uh, the way I would bet this is take the Chiefs for about half the bet you would normally make uh, for team total, about 30 and a half. If the Ravens come out gunning, they get up to a lead. We're going to bet the Chiefs to come back from behind because that's what this podcast loves to do. Um, so try to get the Chiefs around pick them, or if they could be a slight underdog, let's say the Ravens go up by seven or 10 points. Uh, 
And I would put a full bet if that situation occurs on the Chiefs. If the Ravens never take a lead, I'm pretty confident the Chiefs will win that half a unit bet and we'll just take our half unit profit and move forward. Anything about that game or that betting strategy that um, kind of raises any questions with you, Rob? No, I don't think so. Um, you got me tripping on Hunter Renfro because I like the country boy, Mississippi baseball player, different Renfro. Uh, other than that, no, not too much. Week two, still still pretty chaotic. Yes, lots of noise still. Um, but the Ravens, a team I really hold in high regards. Um, if, it weren't, if it wasn't the Ravens organization, I'd be taking the Chiefs here. Um, but I do have a lot of respect for the Ravens. That's why we're going to play this as a team total. Uh, and look to bet the Chiefs live if the Ravens take a 7-10 to 10 or better lead. Uh, and then we have Monday Night Football, kind of a clunker of a game. The Detroit Lions, Rob's team, visiting beautiful Green Bay. They're an 11-point favorite, uh, total at 48 points. The Lions uh, are probably the worst or second, maybe second worst team in football. But we said the Packers last week got absolutely destroyed in Jacksonville by the New Orleans Saints. Good for Jameis Winston. Uh, always a, a YouTube sensation, an easy guy to root for. Um, but the Packers pretty much just quit in week one. It's one data point, but parlayed with the drama of the offseason. Um, we know two Packers fans that watched this game together uh, this past weekend, and um, they were they were quite upset. They were quite upset. So I think we can glean a lot from this. Uh Result and even if the Packers don't win by two touchdowns, um, I think that's even enough potentially for a, a red flag. So I'll be watching this game closely. I don't want to bet it at all. Uh, I am most likely going to put this as my survivor though, because I just can't see them flat out losing to the Lions on Monday Night Football, uh, coming back home after that embarrassment. Essentially, if the Lions win, the Packers' season is over, uh, because. Not not literally, but there's just going to be so much tabloid and, and drama if it were to happen um, that I, uh, I I would just be absolutely shocked, absolutely shocked if that happens. Mm. Uh, anything about this week, bets, theories, before we move on to some potential futures that I'm looking at making? Just real quick, I was trying to think in my head, and I keep getting this wrong, about teasing. Yes. You've got to tease two games in the opposite direction. So if you're compressing one, you've got to expand the other. Nope, nope. They can go in either direction. They're bisexual teasers. Bisexual teasers, okay. So you can go in either direction. So you could tease Cleveland from 12.5 to 6.5 and Green Bay. Well, no, that's a double dip. Then no, you, you could take you, you could upwards. no no you could take you could take Green Bay down. You could take Green Bay uh, down my so you take it from eleven down to five. Mm-hmm. So Packers minus five and the Browns minus six and a half. That's pretty much the fishiest or chalkiest way to do it. Like that's the the square play, like with the person who isn't a quote unquote sharp. But I've heard of worse bets. I've really heard of worse bets than those two things. Um, I just have a little bit of concern with the Packers, with that drama. The Browns, I really, them to win by a touchdown or more, I love that position this weekend. I really think they take some frustration out on the Texans uh, after um, losing, you know, coming off a loss there. Um, I, the only thing I'm going to wait for is the weather report 
in, in beautiful Cleveland. That total at 48 is pretty low, uh, so that might be some weather issues. Um, and that's pretty much the only thing that can stop this Cleveland offense is the weather um, because, the, the, I mean, it was just very impressive this past weekend. Uh, before we do that, we're going to talk about some futures. Uh, there are three futures I'm kind of, or excuse me, two futures that I, I'm pretty close to making. One is the Browns to win the division. Uh, I really like the Browns to win this weekend, so you might be saying, why am I not making that bet right now? The reason I'm not doing that is because uh, there are four teams that are involved with the division, so obviously the Browns. But the other three teams, I'm confident that one of the three teams and most likely two of the three teams will actually win this weekend. Um, I shouldn't say most likely, but just about equal as likely two of the three uh, will win. And there's obviously the chance that three of them, all three win or all three lose. Um, but I'm here to gamble. So the Bengals beating the Bears, that's about a pick em. The Bears are a little bit favored. Uh, that's pretty much a 50-50 coin toss. Uh, the Steelers, I'm quite confident about 70% of the time is going to beat the Raiders. And if the Ravens look great on primetime and they beat the Chiefs, then their odds are going to move drastically. So if any of those three things happen, the Browns' price should stay the same even if they do win, which they're pegged at about an 85 probably 90% chance to do so this weekend. So that's why I'm waiting on that. Um, another thing is the Odell Beckham, their receiver, is going to miss this game again. So seeing if there's any uh, – I would like to him to play a game before uh, making that bet, but we take things – one week at a time. The other bet I want to make is the Chargers to make the playoffs. Now, the reason I don't want to make this right now is because it's not like a division bet. Division, there's only four teams involved. There's less variables at play. With the conferences involved, there's 16 teams at play because there's half in the NFC, half in the AFC. So I really like the Chargers side of it. And I think the, the AFC is very top-heavy but also has some bottom feeders. So I've talked about my love for the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Browns. I think those are pretty much locks for playoff teams. And remember with the new format, that there are seven teams that make the playoffs. So that kind of leaves the other four teams uh, or four positions open. Uh, so looking at that, I think the Chargers have a really good chance at making the playoffs. The only thing is, is I want to get a little bit more data on all these teams. So I want to make another week um, and I might even get a better price. Let's say the Cowboys beat the Chargers, which is about pegged at about a 40% chance of happening anyway. I might get a better uh, price based on a result. Um, so I'm going to get more information on all of those teams, all those 16 teams this weekend before making that bet. But those are two bets um, I want to make. Anything before we do some last-minute plugs before we get out of here? There we are. Browns to win division, waiting, Chargers to make playoffs, an interesting one, 17th thing, but waiting on that. All checks out for me. What's next? Uh, yeah, so we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, just wanted to remind everyone that on Tuesday nights, I put out a waiver article. Uh, I send that out. If you have any questions about your fantasy team or pickups, please feel free to tweet me or uh, text me. Wednesdays, we obviously do the, the podcast. Uh, and Thursdays, I update my season-long rankings. So 
help you make trades, things of that nature. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is the schedule for that. Um, a little bit of bad news. My school, because I work at a middle school, uh, bans Discord because I, I guess they want you know they don't want these preteens to be on Discord. So uh, I haven't been able to uh, be as active on Discord, but I'm I'm going to be using another platform, Rob. There's this app called TikTok. Have you heard of it? <laughs> You're joking. I'm not joking. I've had too many people I respect tell me I should get on TikTok strictly for the plays, for gambling, of course, not for anything else. Um, so I will be starting my TikTok for uh, my daily fantasy, my props, things of that nature. Obviously, Twitter is my prefer- preferred medium, um, but hey, trying to trying to get in the content streets. Got too many people I respect telling me to do TikTok. We're going to have fun with it. Troll me for it. Um, but if you're on the TikTok machine, give give us a follow. I got no predictions on that in particular, but uh, it's making me smile, making me laugh a little bit. Can't wait to see them, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but if that's it, uh, we'll leave you with a little uh, moment of silence for Jared Goff and his skills, and we'll see you guys next week. Fuck off. Adios.